Hello, everybody, and welcome again to Saints Radio. What a blessing it is to be able to connect in this way. I I remember many, many years ago when we felt the Lord was saying we needed to have a program such as this. And um, the reason was that it was more of a con- conversational type of a thing, albeit due to the format, it's one-sided. But we could just talk about things that are going on and um, speak about different factors that were impacting the lives of saints, the lives of saints, or what our network is doing. And I know that some of you hear this live every week, and I can't thank you enough for your 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 continued partnership in that way. Others will listen on archive, and um, I don't know how many of our saints are actually. Um, tuning into this broadcast <clears throat> but for those of you who do it it's I believe it's of the Lord and I'm very very thankful for your willingness to to be faithful to this every week um, there's certainly a lot of things going on right now uh, I am up here flying uh, solo today uh, Monica is in California and um, is trying to minister as the Lord leads to the, the young people out there. And, and if there's some older folks there too, I'm sure that she's effective in that as well. So we continue to pray for the Lord to, uh, to bless that ministry, but that's why I'm here alone today. Uh, I wanted to tell you that I uh, was able to enjoy a time of ministry with our brothers and sisters in Sao Paulo at First Fruits Church this past Sunday. And Anna, uh, Luciano's uh, wife, uh, she translated, and what a great job she did. I mean, you know, uh, Yawali was there too, and he, uh, he helped, I think, three times with some, some phrases that were different, or um, I tried to speak elementary English, and I tried to, to do it in very small samplings, but she was very, very forceful and uh, very confident, and I, I really commend her for that. You know, people are funny with translation, and I understand um, sometimes <clears throat> it, it's not easy to translate for somebody, and you really have to know the message, otherwise it can be very difficult. Um, and I, that's why I appreciate Luke and so many others who, who translate for us. Um, Yowali is wonderful. Of course, he grew up here. He knows the message. Luke studies diligently. Um, you know, Sylvie and Luke and I were talking the other day about Luke studying about the bottomless pit. He said, I studied, I studied that for over 40 minutes. And, and Sylvie said... Yeah, and he finally came to the bottom of it, and we started laughing. Sylvia has such a great sense of humor. But Anna did a great job, and thank you all for praying for them. I know that God is going to continue to use her in uh, communicating the message, but uh, that went off very well. 
we also are going forward with our deliberations concerning obtaining a replacement unit for this TriCaster, this main TriCaster unit up here in the booth. Um, I'm going to be sending an email to the Saints Network as a whole in the next couple days. Uh, today, you know, Scott and I went over to uh, the Videotech's uh, offices last week. Just in a little while, uh, the the main TriCaster expert from that company is going to be here on site going through uh, what what we should do in replacing this unit and what we can do with the old unit and how we can update the uh, the mini unit that we have in the youth room. Uh, but the thing is, is that this workhorse of a unit up here in the booth in the sanctuary has really served us well as a network for decade for a decade, almost a decade now. And it is it's still functional, but technologically it it doesn't have the bones to be able to function in what the world is as we know it now. It can still record well, but the interaction and the the various things that we do online every week, uh, it's it's really not up to to snuff, and so uh, and and plus it it's it's glitching a lot in our live productions, and there are some things that need to be repaired in it as well. So it's well past time for us to replace this, and when we do, it will give a lot of new capabilities that we intend to use for reaching out to the world and connecting with all of you. Uh, we will take this old unit. There is really no trade-in value. I think it's a few hundred dollars that it's not even worth that. We can get more value out of this by putting it up in the media room and using it to, to record pods and the things of that nature. And so all that being said, the new... Uh, the new unit, we're going to strike a deal today, and when that's going to be installed, I don't know. It's got to be ordered. Um, we'll let you know as things are progressing. But there are so many cool features to this, um, and I'll just take a couple minutes to, to tell you about what, what some of them are. Um, for one thing, it's got built into it the capacity to to link up with an iPod or an iPhone or a Samsung device and and it can use those tremendous cameras in those units delivering 1080p um, quality um, and and we can use those as uh, third or fourth cameras so that the cameras that we will get that will be stationed here in the sanctuary we're going to get two of them but we'll be able to also link up with like a, a, a different angle on on the worship team or a different angle on uh, our percussionists whenever they whenever they play or the, the folks that are playing over uh, during seminars when we have a bassist and guitars 
um, you say, well, that's just bells and whistles, but it's a capacity that we would have that would further um, uh, enhance the, the viewing audience to feel more of a part of what's going on. Uh, there, there are, there's an app that connects with this now, and we are going to learn how to use this, but we, we should be able to be somewhere else and to connect off the app. And if our TriCaster is on, we can broadcast live from there, wherever that may be, through the TriCaster. TriCaster. We, we've got to learn more about how to do that. But at the very least, um, it'll be a whole lot easier for us to have um, to have something, say it's a seminar or say it's a, a ministry time in, in other cities or in other countries, uh, rather than the, the jump through hoops and, you know, swing the phone over your head three times and hope we can you know, drop box it and, you know, all of those things we've had to do. We can do it with um, technological expertise and very easy um, link-ups. So those are just some of the things. Uh, another thing is is that you know for our um, for our you know like what we put up on the website, we also would like to broadcast it live. Additionally, right through YouTube and through. Uh, Facebook or maybe even Twitch or some other, maybe the new media forum that is going to be presented um, that we've heard about for conservatives. Um, but it will have that programming built into it so that, it, again, we won't have to go through restream and wonder what, you know, why can't we do a live thing on Facebook? We're letting everybody down. Well, the tech guy was telling us. It's not been your fault. It's Zuckerberg and these other people keep switching and changing their formatting. And, and so they, they, it's almost like they make it very difficult for people to do this type of thing. But the new units should have built into it not only the platform for the restreaming, they, not the restreaming, but, but the, the immediate streaming onto different venues but it should be able to update and to stay current uh, so that you don't no matter what the great gurus on the west coast decide they want to do um, it could immediately be adjusted and we could we could have that so that is a major blessing too so um, but the point is that this equipment we've known for the past couple of years um, that we were going to have to replace it, but we just kept trying to keep keep going, keep going. The other thing is that we're hoping that the mini unit that we have in the in the youth room, which we probably should start be calling Saints Hall or something like that, but but that's that that's not official. But currently in the youth room, it's needed to have software upgrades and. Um, when we when Scott looked at it, it was a pretty pricey thing, but hopefully we're going to be able to get it fine tuned, and it won't cost us anything, so that we will be um, with the new capacities that a new unit would bring, plus the connectivity 
with these other units to the new unit, which is another fact, another feature here. Uh, God's going to give us uh, what we need as a network to keep reaching out and to do so in a way that is uh, first rate. And, you know, we don't want to have a trumpet that gives an uncertain sound and we don't want to present something that hungry people would look at. I guess if you're hungry, you'll eat anything. But some people will look at it and say, you know, look how hokey that is. Uh, we want it to look as, as good to present, to present the message of the saints in a good enough way that people would say, yeah, I mean, this doesn't look like it was put together with baling wire and duct tape. Um, so, but, but the reason we're doing it now is that the old equipment is obviously showing that we can't, we can't rig it anymore. And, um, so in just a little while, we'll be meeting with somebody here on site. So we would ask that when this, uh, broadcast, whenever you can pray that we would think of all the right questions to ask and that anything that the Lord sees that's coming that we need to be apprised of uh, in in preparing for it in this technology. Uh, the Spirit is, is in this. And so once I know a little bit more about what we're actually looking at, this is a Saints Network project. You know, even though it's based here in Dallas, um, <laughs> the only reason we're doing this is for people in the nations and people in this nation. I mean, there's, there's very little of it that is, that is for the benefit of this congregation other than that we can serve. So um, I don't want to sound altruistic here, but, you know, the point, though, is, is that this is a network project. And you've always, we've always stood together, and I'm very grateful for that. I don't know an exact total right now. I think a ballpark figure is about 22 grand, but that's that's nothing if we all pitch in and do what we're supposed to do. We're not going to go into debt for this, but we're also not going to jack. We're not going to Ramsey it and wait till we get every penny. This old unit could crash at any time, and then we're we're off the air. I'm not gonna, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. God says do it now. We're gonna do it in faith, and we're gonna pay for it. And um, so we'll be sending out something to most of the network um, in the next couple days. And we thank you for being willing to help to support this. But it's our project. It's it's all of us. And I think those of you listening know that. Um, we tried to squeeze every ounce of capacity out of this unit. And I think God, through God's help, we've been able to do that. And we're still going to be using it. Um, but um, it's time. And hopefully the new unit <clears throat> will also elevate particularly the, uh, the mini that we've used and we've taken it to different places. But we use it during seminars. We used it last week or two weeks ago now. I've lost track. Um, two weeks ago for the seminar. Um, but 
will be able to all of these units will be able to benefit from the upgraded and updated capacity of the new unit we'll get for here in the sanctuary. So, all that being said, yada, 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 here we are. So, this tomorrow, we have um, Wednesday Night Live. Um, maybe I'll do some kind of a primer on Friday. In fact, I think I will. Our, our congregation here will be coming to enjoy communion together uh, individually to pray and to, um, to, to, we're reading through those Psalms from Psalm 113 through 118, which is a great blessing. Uh, and then we'll, um, we have first Saturday, there'll be a directive coming out soon. Uh, our first Saturday prayer for this weekend. It's Resurrection Weekend. It's also the first Saturday of the fourth month. What a time to celebrate and to look forward to the new, to the new day. And um, I'm I'm looking forward to what what God um, is going to be doing through His saints through as as we intercede this week. But um, what a, what a what a good time. To be serving the Lord. I, I've been doing something also interesting. I know many of you, including Monica, who's not here with us today, have uh, been enjoying that series called The Chosen. <clears throat> and it's now available on Fox Nation. But I think it's also still on YouTube. Uh, I, I don't know where all it is. But I've been watching those um, uh, like when I work out or, or whatever, and and yesterday I was watching um, one of the episodes where Nicodemus was supposedly encountering Mary Magdalene when she was demonized, and then it showed the Lord. Uh, as he came to her and um, she was free. Seven demons came out of her. And the Lord, uh, God revolutionized her life and she became one of the most ardent followers of Jesus. And, you know, the world, the Da Vinci Code and other really demonic doctrines have suggested that Jesus married her and that they had children, and, and and that's just not true. The, you know, the enemy always accuses, and I'm not saying that I'm in any way equal to my Lord, but when I see the pure thing that the Scripture says happened in Mary's life, and how she devoted herself to following the Lord and to ministering alongside the disciples and then see the way the enemy and the wicked mindset of people tried to make that impure and to accuse and to say, see there, see there, they, they must be doing this because this woman was a harlot and here she is and hanging around those guys. What do you think was going on? You know, it's just, it's just enemy strategy. I don't know how many things I've been accused of over the years. Um, and uh, I, 
I, I just know how the enemy works. <clears throat> but I was watching the, the, uh, the way that this was depicted, that she was set free. And the Bible doesn't really say how she was set free. Uh, we know it was through the power of the Lord. It said, it says that Jesus cast seven demons out of her, but it doesn't really give the account. And um, I, I was praying after that, and the Lord just started speaking to me about where we are as saints right now. And we really are in a place of transition. And we, we have been being prepared while we've been ministering together throughout the world. But we've been being prepared by God. And he's been teaching us, laying his doctrine out, and we've been trying to be good students of the Word while teaching others. But uh, I think what I felt so strongly yesterday in, con in conjunction with the Scripture that we're going to look at today from John 7 is an indication of the way God d moved in Jesus' life, the way God moved in Paul, the Apostle's life, and the way God is moving in the saints and in you and me in preparation for what is coming. You see, Jesus lived on this earth, fully man, fully God, for 30 years. We don't really know much about what all went on with him. Uh, we do know that at the age of 12, he was engaged in discussion with the, the priests, the doctors of the law there in Jerusalem. It's the famous, where is Jesus story. And they, they thought he was with them in the caravan, but they had to go back and they found him. And he said, don't you know, I must be about my father's business. We know that. We also recognize that Jesus worked with <clears throat> Joseph for a time, and he was the carpenter's son, which could mean woodwork. It more probably meant stonemasonry work, but it was probably a craftsman who was skilled in both. And um, we know that he worked there, and Joseph was gone from the family, so it's apparent that Jesus, uh, he probably died. Uh, Jesus suffered that emotional attack when a family member died, and then he also had, as the oldest son, he had to take responsibility, so Jesus had to deal with that. We know from the wedding in Cana that Mary looked to him for solutions and that was indicative of, of, a, of a chapter of Jesus' life that we know very little about. But for 30 years, Jesus was in preparation. He suffered, the Bible says, um, the obedience of a son. 
And that, um, that really was part of the timetable of God. The Apostle Paul also, who was a very intelligent man, <clears throat> he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, <clears throat> he knew the scriptures well, he had expert training, but then he, uh, he had a long period of time where he was just before the Lord. Some call it the school of Arabia. You know, he was an understudy in some ways to Barnabas. And he didn't just have the Damascus Road experience and then suddenly was setting up a tent across town that he made and then started ministering. I mean, that's, that's not what happened with him. There was a time where God was really dealing with him one-on-one -on -one and preparing him for his role as being an apostle to the Gentiles. And so we see in, in John 7 that Jesus was just beginning uh, his earthly ministry and there was a discussion between him and his brethren about whether Jesus was going to go up to Jerusalem during the Feast of Tabernacles and, um, and to really present himself as the Messiah. And his disciples in John's, uh, his brethren say to him in verse 3, Depart from here and go into Judea that your disciples also may see the works that you're doing. There's no man can do anything in secret in himself uh, seeking to be known openly. And if you do these things, if you're doing them, show yourself to the world. For his brothers didn't believe in him. And Jesus said unto them, My time is not yet come, but your time is always ready. And, and then he goes, he says, go on up to the feast. I'm not going up, for my time is not yet fully come. And when he said on these things to them, he abode still in Galilee. But when his brethren were gone up, then went he also up into the feast, not openly, but as it were in secret. And the cryptos. And the Jews sought him at the feast and, and, and said, where is he? And there was murmuring among the people concerning him. Some said he's a good man, others saying he's deceiving the people, howbeit no man spake openly of him for fear of the Jews. Now, we, we can talk about what would happen next, which we all know about. You can read it for yourself. Or we can see very clearly that the, um, the thing that was paramount to Jesus was the timing of the Lord. And even at the wedding in Cana, Jesus said, woman, to his mother, what am I, how am I, how am I able to deal with you? My time is not yet come. And there, there's always a pressure before God really reveals people into the full measure of what he's called them to do. 
that he's been preparing them for. There's always a pressure for them to reveal, to be revealed and presented in a broader way before the time. And this is something that the enemy tries to do to us as individuals. You know, he'll come and say, you know, you're really wasting your life. You've talked about all these things that God's doing, and you've seen some of them, but it's really time for you to, to use some strategy and to, to get out there and flex your muscles so that people can really see what, what it is you're talking about. What are you waiting on? You're just, you're just wasting your time. And then there are others who will say, well, maybe, you know, you, you're doing something wrong and you've been too simplistic and restrictive and this is why you're not out there. You need to let down your guard a little bit and become a little more world-oriented. Stop being so dualistic and open yourself to the broader picture. You know, we want to honor what you've been, but it's time now to spread your wings and fly on these other winds because, you know, it's time. And, you know, the enemy is all over that kind of thing. The principle in the scripture for doing the right thing at the wrong time is in a lot of different places in the word, and it always ends up badly. And so I felt in prayer the other day, yesterday, and even this morning, that I needed to, to, to declare a word of not only, not really warning, but a word of encouragement and a word of instruction to all of us as saints that really what's been happening is God has, has taken quite a while. It's been, for him, it's just been a moment. But he's taken quite a while with us to teach us and to, through the Scripture, enliven our understanding of what his real doctrines are. Not jettisoning any of the scripture, not adding some newfangled crazy doctrine of devils or some other religion, but letting the spirit of truth guide us into truth. And he has very meticulously been weaving these things together We'll never come to a point where we know everything. Throughout eternity, we'll still keep learning the unsearchable riches, as the scripture says. We'll keep being guided into, into new things that have been hidden by God and revealed in his timing. But I, I feel very strongly that we're being led into a new phase of what our ministry as saints is to be. And everything that has happened to this point has been according to the timetable of God and, and has been very much so that we could partner with him in intercession for what is coming, 
but in the meantime, be instructed in the complexities of his apostolic doctrine and uh, for a deeper mining of the truths of his scripture. And it's been a journey, a glorious one. But we have not come to the end of the road. It's not time for us to hang up our shingle and say, enough, you know, I've not really accomplished anything uh, like Elijah said. I've not really accomplished anything more than my forefathers did. Here I am. I wonder what I've really accomplished. I'm all alone. You know, um, we're not at the end of the road. We're really coming to the beginning of the road. You might argue that, or not argue, we, we might discuss what really Elijah's role was supposed to be. Um, all the things that he did up until the time when he um, uh, when he was um, when he was being a thorn in the side of Ahab, uh, all the things that he um, that he was doing in regard to Jezebel and the uh, the the drought and then the destruction of those uh, prophets of Baal and Ashtaroth and the rain that came? Was that the culmination of his ministry? Or was that really setting the stage for the beginning of what God wanted to do? For Elijah, the enemy was trying to tell him that it was at the end. But for what we know from looking at Scripture, it really should have been the beginning when Elisha would come alongside and the anointing of kings and the two of them working together. Everything that had happened prior to that time was, um, was Elijah being faithful but preparing the way and then um, being set for the pathway of the, the the establishment of the kingdom. And and I, I think that Elijah stopped when he should have been beginning. And the same could be said for Moses. You know, Moses had a big career before him. Uh, all those years in Egypt and then in, in amongst the Midianites and then uh, leading the people through the wilderness. Was that really Moses' ministry? Or was he really supposed to be the one that led them into the land? I, I, I think the latter. It should have just been the beginning. Now, how long would Moses live? I don't know, but I don't for a moment think that God, it was God's intent to just have him be the deliverer. He should have been one that was privileged to to go into the land and enjoy the fruits of that victory. He was the friend of God. But the end 
was really a beginning. And you can look at all kinds of illustrations of that. But I, I do believe that what we've shared and the reams of insights and experiences and the thousands of hours, the privileged thousands of hours of intercession and activations around the world, that was just setting the stage. The beginning is really ahead of us. And we cannot, um, we cannot view this in, in a way that is going to corrupt the pathway. And that's what the enemy's trying to do. He's already gotten some who were willing to, to jettison the pathway because they thought that things were passing them by and that we were missing out. We got to do away with the old things. I bless them. But we cannot be as that. We've got to believe that the things God has promised and the things God is doing, that transition, that breakthrough is ahead of us. And we've got to be like Caleb. I'm just as strong as I was as when this thing first began. Give me this mountain. I'm going forward. And God, God looked at that and said, this is another spirit. This is this is the spirit that I'm in. This is me. And that's where we are. And so, especially during this time, Resurrection Week, you know, the disciples thought that at the crucifixion that was that was it. I mean, here he it is finished. Didn't Jesus say that? It is finished. It's over. Was it really finished? Or was it just beginning? Certainly the sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice was complete. There is no need for anything else. It, it, is, it is accomplished now and forevermore. But was that an end? Or was that a beginning? Well, we know it was a beginning. It set the stage for what we've enjoyed, and for what will come through eternity. See, these principles are everywhere. Isaiah 6, Isaiah had been a powerful minister, uh, the prophet in Israel, and there he was. Here am I, send me. I'm a man of unclean lips. Uh, you know, it, it, there was a, a beginning point. And over and over again, we see this principle. So I think that that's where we are as saints. In fact, I know that we are there, and we are in, um, we're in a great place. We just have to believe that we're in a great place. I even think that, you know, God's been speaking about, okay, you need to get prepared. You need to, you need to get these teaching pods ready. You need to, you know, update and do the, do the website, do it, do it brand new, get it, get it ready. You need to get new equipment. You need to be looking at this way. You need to be doing this. You need to be doing this all for the purpose of what's coming. And there are more adjustments like that, that God is making in us, through us, and he's setting the stage. Oh, it looks like things are done. They're over. 
Do you know what the enemy's doing here? Do you know what the enemy's doing here? Big brother's really coming out. He's threatening, just like Jezebel. You know, we're, I'm going to do you in, right? You're done. You're done. Really? Whose report will you believe? Yeah, darkness, gross darkness. But let's focus on light. If we're not careful, we can miss it. Our Lord delays his coming. He's not coming. We've wasted. We're like Linus in the pumpkin patch. Great pumpkin. I told Charlie Brown and Peppermint Patty and Lucy, you were coming and you've embarrassed me. You know, if, if we're not careful, we can, we can put that Peanuts character and superimpose it on us. Oh, you know, here we are. You know, things are over. Um, you know, there's a new sheriff in Washington. And look at all these things people are doing. Universal passports. We can't travel. They're going to monitor, you know, the, the, the vehicles that you have and tax the miles you use. Big brother here, 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 here. Oh, yeah, all those things are true. But the darkness and the gross darkness, let's look at the light. What God has prepared us for is not over. It really hasn't begun. Well, maybe that's not a good phrase. It hasn't debuted yet because it has begun, but it, it hasn't debuted in the way the, the presenting of it. We've been in preparation. And, and I, I, I just want to speak a word of encouragement into the network and to, all, to, to myself even. Um, why weepest thou? I'm not dead. I am risen. That's the message of this week. And we, we can't be like the disciples who are sequestered in behind locked doors because for fear. We need to believe. Resurrection power is here. And uh, the best days are ahead. So, I'm going to end the broadcast a little bit early today because, like I said, we've got some tech people coming here, and I need to be down there to meet with Uncle Scott and uh, the folks that will be here. But we'll look forward to being with you uh, tomorrow for Wednesday Night Live. Um, the directive for First Saturday Prayer, we'll look forward to praying with you this weekend. Um, look for a letter or an email from me about uh, the equipment, what I discover uh, from this meeting today. And be encouraged. God is good. He's with us. Thanks for tuning in. Pray for Monica. Well, she's still out there in California, the land of fruits and nuts. And uh, let's believe for a visitation of the Spirit um, as as. God is moving among those young people and uh, keep praying there. So till tomorrow, God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. Goodbye.